injured and take a wife. It was specific. It was important and it was urgent that he do this. We see that in verses 2 and 4 in his master's means. In verses 9 through 11, the word says, And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and sware to him concerning that matter. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed. For all the goods of his master were in his hand. I don't know about you, but every time I read that, I just thank the Lord. Because the truth is, we're a servant and God's our master. And everything that we have, everything that the servant had was the master's. Everything you have in your hands, servant, is Abraham's. Everything that you have, he owns. You're just a steward of it. Your master expects excellence. And you have this. I see also his master's methods. In verse 4 to 8, I've already brought attention to this, but it's amongst my people. I want you to go to where I grew up. I want you to go to my people. The master sent him to his people because the master always works through his people. Look for people who are drawing water. Look for her amongst my people. Not the Canaanites. Look for those with a servant's heart. Later on we see how he picked her out. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good, God's good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. Verse 14, And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee that I may drink, and she shall say, drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that house appointed for thy servant Isaac. He said, here's the test. Lord, I'm going to wait, and I'm going to see if there's a woman with a servant's heart. I'm going to see if there's a woman who's drawing by the well. Keep all this in your mind, please. His master's outcome. God's will was done in Abraham and Isaac's life that day in the way of Isaac finding the right wife. God was glorified. And what about the servant? What about his outcome? Well, he was given some things. He was given three things as an outcome. Purpose. Take a wife unto my son Isaac. His mission was given to him. God gave him a mission. The master of the house Abraham gave this servant a mission. His mission was given to him. He was the most trusted, most stewarded servant that Abraham had. And he sent him after his future daughter-in-law. That's a pretty big job. That's a pretty big mission. You're telling me I need to go find a bride for Isaac? I need to go and seek out a bride. Okay? He understood his purpose. He understood his mission. Next thing he was given was provision. All the goods of the master were in his hand. He was taken care of. Not only did he have purpose, but he had provision. His God was Jehovah Jireh. Maybe Abraham was reminded on Mount Moriah whenever he was getting ready to sacrifice his son Isaac. And he pulls the knife up and the angel stops him. And he says, Jehovah Jireh is your name. He provided a ram. He was given a path. Keep reading with me now. And when it says... And the men wondering how to speak to it whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. That was in verse 21. 
And here I love this phrase. He said, The man came into his house, and he had ungirded his camels, and gave straw and provender for the camels, and water to wash his feet, and the men's feet that were with him. And he says, I being in the way, the Lord led me. You see, not only did this servant find purpose and provision, but he was given a path. And I love this so very much. But do you see your own self in this story? I wonder if I can re-preach that entire sermonette that was the introduction. Except I can make it personal for me and for you. Because truly if we believe that God is advancing, and He is, and we believe that God is moving forward in this world and that God desires, He comes not to seek the righteous, but to save the sinners. He came in this world to preach the words, Repent ye therefore and be converted. He wanted things to happen and things to change. Are you truly His servant today? Solid Rock Baptist Church, are we truly a Christian army for the Lord Jesus Christ? Is He our Commander-in-Chief? I see myself so heavily in this story, except I'm not like this servant. I'm disobedient. I delay. And delay is disobedience. We have delayed on sharing the Gospel long enough. There is no name given to this servant in Scripture. I find that interesting until I start thinking about myself again. Maybe it's made to put my name there. And maybe tonight I'd ask you if you'd be honest with the Lord in your own heart, put your name there. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for being so good. I thank you for your mighty mercy and your great grace. And I pray that tonight, Lord, you would teach us how to be a servant. I pray that, Lord, as we start this year out, the most important thing we could have is a servant's heart and be looking toward our Master. And I pray that tonight you would speak to hearts and you would break the cold and the indifference, Lord, that no doubt is in this room in my own heart. I pray that you'd apply this message to my life. I pray you'd help me and strengthen me, Lord. I pray you'd give me your power and your unction. And I pray that today the word would not return void, but Lord, it would go into the hearts and it would make a seed. The seed would plant a beautiful tree. And that this year, Lord, we would love one another better. We'd be better servants. I pray you'd help me to preach with your power and with your love. And in Jesus' name, I humbly pray and thank you so very much for the opportunity to open up thy word again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever asked the question in your own life, what about my master? Your master's mission. See, Abraham sent his servant on a mission, but God has sent us on a mission. And if you're his child, you automatically know what that mission is. Because that very mission is the thing that saved you. The Lord Jesus Christ has come to earth, God with us. He's come to earth as a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. And from the cradle to the cross, His life screams that He died for you. And that He loves you with all of His heart. And that He desires that you turn away from your sin and turn on to Him. Moses in the Old Testament, they had to make a brazen serpent. Because all the people were dying. Of snake bites. They were constantly, everybody was getting bitten. And it was this large thing. And the Lord Jesus Christ told Moses to make a brazen serpent and he raised it up. And if all the people would look 
they would live. If you look at EMS trucks and fireman trucks, I thought about it as they went out, you still see a snake wrapped around a pole. And that's what that is, that brazen serpent. Look and live. And that's what Jesus Christ's life is. That's what our mission is. And in order to witness, you must first be a witness of what Jesus Christ has done in your heart. You must first understand that your sin has been put under the blood of Jesus Christ forever. It has been put as far as the east is from west. It has been plunged into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered. And on that judgment day, we won't give account for our sin. Jesus Christ has already paid that. But we will give an account for what we've done with the gift that is in us. The Bible says that the Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory, He is salvation. Jesus Christ is the Word, and the Word is what saves us. It quickens us. It makes us alive. And I wonder tonight, are you dead? Are you dead in your trespasses and sins? Are you cold? Are you indifferent to the Lord Jesus Christ? I wonder what your Master's mission is. I wonder if you're a child of God. Because if you're not, you have a different master tonight. And your master's mission is destruction. And he seeketh about as a rolling lion seeketh to be made devour. And he's trying to rip up everything. But our master, if you're a child of God, is on a mission. Save the world. He's on a mission. He's a whosoever will kind of God. John 3.16 For God so loved the world. He loves you tonight. If there's anything I can stress to you, the Lord Jesus Christ loves you with all of His heart. and He's on a mission after you. God is always advancing and therefore we are to always be advancing. Can I remind you, friend, tonight of your mission? It's to win souls to Christ. Nothing else. I know we have to work a job. I know that we have to do these things. I know we have to survive. I know we have to vacuum and we have to clean the house. We have to do laundry. But there are so many things that is waiting for us right across the threshold of obedience that if we'll just cross over by faith, if we'll just surrender our lives and we'll take on those faith moments and we'll just continue moving forward for the Lord Jesus Christ. There's so much that God wants to give us. He wants to open up the heavens and pour out a blessing. And you know what? We're really not empty-handed in this. You see, for all the goods of your Master are in your hands. We've been given one of the greatest gifts ever given to mankind. This written Word of God that's in our language. Do you realize that the men of the Great Reformation and the Great Awakening were men who the Bible was chained to a pulpit. It was massive. It was probably this big. Probably a little bit bigger. And they had a chain wrapped around. They called it a great Bible. And I can imagine the cue, the line. Sorry, England language. Not the cue, the line, because we're in America. Right here. Up to it. Out there, out there parish. They went inside the door. They had a candle. There's no electricity. It's 17, 1800s, okay? And they're waiting in line to read the only scripture that's in their parish. And finally... A man, I don't know, Jonathan Edwards, gets up and he finally gets his turn to read. And he's so hungry and he's so waiting. Yet me and you let this collect dust on the shelf. Me and you throw this around. We leave it in the car. We let the sun bake it until all the words are gone. In the car. Because we simply don't have a walk with God. We don't have enough God about us to pick up the Word. To receive it with meekness. The Bible says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. 
He wants to teach us something. Have you read today? This week, have you started on your mission? The reason that God put breath in your lungs whenever you came from your mother and your father whenever you first were born, the reason that He breathed in man the breath of life was not originally for that. It was for creation. It was good. They were holy. They were right. They were as close to God as they were ever going to be. And as soon as sin entered into the man of heart, God got on a mission. The redemption mission. He came down. He slew a lamb in their place. He clothed them completely. Showing a picture of how Christ clothes us in His blood. He's a propitiation. He exchanges His high priestly robes for our earthly rags that are nothing but unrighteous. What is man that God is so mindful of us? He loves us so much. He's given us so much grace. And He's given us a wonderful word here. He's looking for those people that are dipping in that well. He's looking for those servants that are there and they're ready to give that water to other people. You ever notice that in this story? Rebecca, Isaac's future wife, soon to be, she's there drawing the water. And what does she do? What, what does she do? She says, oh, let me give it to you and your camels also. Now some people may have never seen a camel. They may have never tried to feed a camel water. But they drink and they drink and they take and they take. And you know, so many people do that whenever we witness to them. But does that mean that we stop? Does that mean that we're not sent on a mission and that He's looking for those servants like that. He is on this mission, this servant is. And He's looking for someone with a servant's heart to be His bride. Stay with me here, stay with me. As a Christian, we must move away from ownership and we must move to stewardship. Everything in our lives belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. Our car, our job, our house, our shoes, our clothes, everything that we have, God has given to us. And that's why tithing shouldn't even be a problem. Because all we're doing is just giving a little bit back. What He asked for. It's all His anyway. Does He need it? No. He's wanting to see if you're being an obedient servant. He wants to see if you love Him enough to be able to listen to His Word. And here we see this also means that we're not an owner of our worries, our battles, our struggles. If the Lord Jesus Christ owns everything that we have, then let me comfort you for just a minute. He also takes our, our worries, our fear. He'll take every bit of it if you'll give it to Him. But we have to move from this ownership mentality to a stewardship mentality. The things that were important to me before I went to England really aren't that important anymore. Take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? The Bible says, let your eye be single. Let your body be full of light. If it's not full of light, it is full of darkness. And how great is that darkness? He wants your eyes to be focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, not on the things that He's blessed us with. Let's move away from this ownership mentality. You have a problem that comes up, it's the Lord's. Give it to Him in prayer. So many times we face things on our own. We never win because we're not letting God fight our battles. I'm not talking about be lazy. I'm not talking about doing any of that. I think you know what context I'm talking about as we try in our own flesh to work out these things.
where we've talked about your master's mission and my master's mission. We've talked about your master's means and my master's means. The Lord Jesus Christ is our master. And your master's methods. Now this is a pretty challenging one. Amongst my people, servant. Let's put a name to this guy. Let's just say Elijah. Elijah, go over there and find a wife for Isaac. I don't want you to go where we're at now. I want you to travel a little bit. and I want you to get out of, of the Canaanites and all this stuff. And I want you to go to my people. In Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and shall seek my face, and shall turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and then I will heal their land. God always works in His people. God is always searching for His bride amongst His people. Revival can only happen to people who are alive to begin with. People who are alive in Christ. Turn over with me to Ephesians chapter 1. This was such a blessing the first time I saw it. I had no clue that this passage of Scripture emphasized what it did. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Go ahead and go down to verse 7. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, and to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Verse 9, it ends with, in Himself. Verse 10, it says, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and those which are on the earth, even in Him, in whom we also have obtained inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will, that we should be to the praise of His glory who Trust who first trusted in Christ. If you are a believer today, this whole passage, chapter 1 and chapter 2, emphasizes that we are in Christ. And if we are in Christ, we are His people. And if we are His people, then that is the avenue, that is the vehicle, that is the thing that God has chosen to use. Is His people in obedience to the opportunities that He gives them. He's chosen to only work in that way. He's chosen to only say... Only if my people who are drawing the water, only my people who have a servant's heart, only those people who are in Christ, those are the people that I'm going to send revival to. And then many will be converted and the whole world will have revival. But it starts if my people. The people at the bar don't need to get revival. The people in the pew need to get revival. Our own cold hearts are so indifferent. And we don't care about our Master's outcome. We don't think about our own outcome. God's work is yet to be fully realized in this generation. We've talked about the Master's. We flip back. A Master's mission. My Master's means. My Master's methods. And now we're talking about the Master's outcome. And I'm saying, if the church was filled with people who were all just like you, would the church survive? 
Would there be a gospel witness? Would soul winning be going on? Would door knocking happen? Would it decay and grow cold? Because if you were honest in your own heart, you're so cold and indifferent to the gospel and the things of God. You just come because it's just the right thing to do is to come to church and to be seen and make sure that you're in your place. And that's all it's ever been for you. It's never been a real relationship. You've never gotten past that in your own heart. You're so cold and indifferent. You don't see the warmness and the genuineness of Christ and what He wants to do. His love, it simply doesn't excite you anymore. His house doesn't thrill your soul. Would the church die if every member was just like you? Would it be a church? Church has to be children of God. I believe we'll find that many who are in the church are not the church whenever the rapture comes. I don't say that with a smile on my face. I say that with a heavy heart. Because so many people have not repented of their sin. And they're relying on something else to get them to heaven besides the blood of Jesus. They're relying on their good looks, their good mannerisms, or their good actions. And none of it's good. No, not one. None is righteous. Only Jesus Christ. And He has to be on your account. That has to be put on your account. There has to be a propitiation, a payment made to suffice the wrath and the anger of a holy God who's in heaven and can have no part of sin, why should He let you into heaven except Jesus Christ be on your account? You're sinless. and You're perfect and complete in Him. What about the servant? What is our outcome? Well, if you follow the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be given purpose. Your mission has already been given to you. Acts 1.8 Go and tell the world about the Lord Jesus. Go to the othermost parts of the world. Go to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the world with the Gospel of John 3.16, with the Gospel of Matthew 1.21. Jesus Christ has come to save His people from their sins. He loved the world that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He loved you so very much. He died on the cross. He's given us provision. What a mighty stewardship we have in the Lord. Being a Christian, a child of God, we own nothing, but we steward a whole lot more than we deserve. The cars we drive, the suits we wear, this one was given to me, but this is a very, very nice suit. I think about that everything in life has been given to us. Even if you've worked for it, God's given you the strength to work for it. Ma'am, sir, everything that you work for on a weekly basis to pay the bills and to do right, you should. And I'm so very thankful we have a hard-working church and a giving church. He's been too good to us. We're really not deserving of how good He is. God has provided for us in all things. Every need we have has been supplied. The psalmist said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken for His seed begging So if you're struggling tonight, maybe, just maybe, your heart is not set on the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never truly been converted because the Bible says the righteous are never forsaken and the seed are never begging for bread. He always takes care of our needs. Good things follow when you follow the shepherd. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It says that many times in Scripture. 
Not only has God given us purpose and provision, but He's given us a path. I being in the way, the Lord led me. If you look in the life of Elijah, I'm very interested in it because of my name, obviously. And if you look, we see that God mentions to Elijah a specific location, a place. There. There. There I will send the ravens to feed you by the brook chair. There I will send the widow woman of Zarephath to feed you and to take care of you. There. I wonder where is your there? What is your mission? What has God told you to do personally? What is the place in which you go? I don't work at a furniture factory. Maybe you do. I don't work at a detailing shop. Maybe you do. I don't work at an automotive shop. Maybe you do. I don't work at a carpenter. I've worked at all four of those places. And I wasn't a very good gospel witness. But you know, I wonder, wherever you work, is that you're there? Is that what God has said? Hey, I'll provide for you there. I'll give you gospel opportunities there. You just need to follow the sound of my voice. You just need to listen and obey and don't delay because delay is disobedience. Oh God, help us. We pray, Lord, direct my path. And then we're like Jonah. Hey Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and preach revival and watch the whole city repent. Lord, anywhere but there. I'm running the other direction. He went down to Tarsus and he went down to the ship and he went down and he went down. You know why? Because the Christian life is always ascending. But the way of the devil is always descending. If you start going down, start to look up. Change your direction. Maybe it's time to repent of some things and turn back to God tonight. We won't go where God says go so we never see Him provide for us and bless us. And because God has chosen to only work when we have faith and cooperate in His timing at His place, we never see God. The righteous see God. Will you fail and perish in your pride when God has given you a purpose and provision and a path? Can I just say, the Lord just showed me this about an hour before the service. God's also given us a purpose and a provision and a path in the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you die knowing that He has already paid your sin debt? So many people are in hell tonight with their sin debt already paid for. But they never accepted the Lord Jesus. They never truly saw their sin and repented. And that's why they are forever in hell. Caleb, can I have your help for just a minute? I know we're coming on the end of service here. Caleb is going to be a Savior of some sort. We'll say that I'm in the jungle and He has come to save me. He's part of the military or something, and I'm going to be in the quicksand, okay? And I'm here in the quicksand, and I'm going down, down. I just keep going down. And Caleb comes by because he's really a great guy. I mean, he's the best, and he says, I'm going to, I'm going to give you my hand. I'm going to save you. But you know what? I believe that you come to save me. I know that you're such a good person, and I love you, but I'm good. I'm comfortable. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm good. I, I, know I'm, I know I'm dying. I know I'm drowning, but I'm okay. I'm okay. So you're good. I'm good. Either you're in that place tonight and you recognize and you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ has come to save you, or you're in this position tonight. Come and save me. Oh no, you didn't come to save me. There's no way. I really, I don't, I don't really have, you know any sin. I don't really know why you're here to save me. I don't need to be saved. I'm too bad. I'm too horrible of a person. Maybe I've just sinned way too much. I just don't know what it is. And I say no to him again. 
Faith and repentance have to come together. If I'm in the quicksand and Caleb comes to save me, and I say, oh, I believe in you, but I never repent. I just believe in Him. I'm comfortable in my sin. Or if I'm so torn up about my sin and I'm repentant, but I don't believe on the Lord Jesus, I don't believe in the Savior, then guess what? He still can't save me because I don't have enough faith in God, don't have enough faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that He can save me from my sin. So repentance and faith have to come together. And that's what I hope will happen to you tonight. God has given us a purpose and a provision and a path. He's provided the Lord Jesus Christ. What's your outcome going to be as a servant in eternity? That's what I'm asking right now. Has repentance and faith come together in your life? Repent you therefore and be converted. If you don't see your sin... And there's nothing God can save you from. Therefore, if that's never happened, you're not on your way to heaven today. What about you, dear saint? What's your outcome going to be? He's given you a purpose and provision and a path. Will you complete the mission? Something else the Lord Jesus showed me today, right? As I was preparing, finishing up. Do you realize tonight that just like Abraham's servant was in charge of seeking and going after Isaac's bride, so are we in charge of going and seeking after the Lord Jesus Christ's bride? Because we're going and looking for heathen that will accept Jesus Christ in repentance of their sin. They'll accept Jesus Christ. And then finally, they'll become part of the church. And guess who the bridegroom is? The Lord Jesus Christ. And He's come to show us. He's in, we're in charge of seeking, going after the bride of Christ. What a great mission. Oh, what an honor to be the Master's servant tonight. I wonder if the Lord Jesus Christ Himself were to come down and were to ask for a mission report, how many of us would be ashamed? I know I would be. How many of us here at Saldar Baptist Church would be ashamed to say that we've not done our mission this week? We've not accomplished the Great Commission in our lives for today for this week, for last month, or for last year. We've not done anything towards the cause of Christ, to be honest. Do you realize that He is here? The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. And he sees, He knows, and He desires that you be His servant. I would imagine a God who has purchased us with the blood of His Son, you are bought with a price. It's probably a bit disappointing. I know he's disappointed in me. He's disappointed in the amount of effort we give to the gospel and his work. Are you a part of the bride of Christ? If so, are you a faithful servant to a faithful master? Because that's what this whole story is about. Faith without works is dead. Are you cold and hard and dead tonight? The Lord Jesus accepts all who come to him and but I will tell you this, what a joy it is to be a servant of the Most High Master. My sincere prayer is that you will all receive Jesus and begin working on His mission and His work. I pray the Lord Jesus Christ will be with all of us. Amen.